Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. I am Brad, and once again, I am joined by our guy, Brig. Hey! <laughs> Hi there, how are ya? <laughs> okay, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a ton to go through this week. I mean, baseball is like back-ish, right? It's you've popping. Got, yeah, you've got summer camps going on, they're not calling... They're not calling them training camps. They're calling it summer camp for whatever reason. Uh, and then we're going to go through. We're going to do a little KBO update. And it's a week late, but it took us about this long to be able to watch it because of time and availability. But we're going to go over the documentary put out by MLB Network called Junior. Um, kind of hence the backwards hat a little bit and also because of the green screen because it looked weird last week. So here we go. Let's get into this. MLB players have reported to summer camps. No, I don't know about stop. Go go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just acknowledge the fact that calling it summer camp? (laughs) I was just going to say that. Say is what visual does that paint for you? (laughs) Right. I'm thinking sleeping bags, maybe a cornhole tournament or two. Where's the Uh, pool? I I know they have a pool in Arizona. They have one in Florida. Where's does every stadium have a pool somewhere? Maybe a slip and slide. I see. To... Can you just see? Can you just see <laughs> Brett Gardner sitting on the end of the blob, and like <laughs> Aaron Judge, jumping Aaron Judge, off. or Judge and Stanton together? You know, coming off the platform. I see Daniel Gardner Vogelbach. goes up a dick. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see Daniel Vogelbach participating yeah. heavily. Oh, and sending eh? D Gordon to the moon. Oh Absolutely. yeah, yeah. D D Gordon. He's he's off and away. Get the. Get the mustard out on that one, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page as that because that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's too funny. It is too funny. They're calling them summer camps. So these are going to go yes. on for about three weeks, <laughs> and then we'll have opening day on the 23rd and the 24th of this month. Yes, we but are. This week, with everybody coming back to their camps, um, Brig, I want to know from you which team do you think is best suited for a sprint 60 game sprint yeah well i th- first of all i have to say before i answer your question directly and i will give you a direct answer <laughs> i am gonna <laughs> equivocate a, a little bit okay stop it listen <laughs> i'm just kidding i am i do think it's valuable to say to point out that because of this new format and because of the way that teams will have to renegotiate their every approach to this season, mm-hmm. that we could see some bananas craziness happen. We it, this could yeah. go, you know, to the the most audacious team on the field. Honestly, so yeah, so it's easy. It would be easy for me to say New York Yankees have a great chance, and they do, but that's if they can stay healthy. 
And then you figure you got Mookie Betts out in L.A. now. And mm-hmm. LA. what does that mean? And then the Astros, all they want to do is prove everybody wrong. So mm-hmm. there's they got some fire in their bellies there. But that but those are the three hottest teams there. Everybody's always talking about those teams. Everybody wants I want you know what I would love to see is I want to see Milwaukee come charging forward. You know, I want to see yeah. I want to see Miami be like, we got, you know, we got these new colors and watch out. <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I just think that with with a maybe maybe a younger team who can go a little more energetic, who can stay in the game longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it will take. Obviously, the new roster structure will just is attempting to balance that out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's. All these predictions are great, and and we should make them because that's mindless and fun. But I really do think that you know, in a perfect world, we see a team come out of nowhere, and maybe I it's agree. Seattle. Yeah. Hey, you know, I got my fingers crossed, but not too tight. You know, every yeah, day. Yeah, very good. Uh, I honestly think it's a it's whoever plays the best small ball is what it's going to be because Agreed. runs are going to be at a premium. Yep, coming up. So get every run you can. It's it's not it's no longer gonna be, oh, it's May. You know, we can we can throw this one away. It's yeah. a trash game. No, everybody's gonna be fighting for every every inch of every game. They're gonna be trying to they're gonna be taking the extra base, sending guys when they shouldn't be, maybe. It's gonna be aggressive and it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a lot of fun a lot of fun baseball. Like yeah, yeah we so. talked about some of the rules in place, you know, with the extra innings and the universal DH, but I think the excitement level of the game itself is gonna make up for all that. Yeah. So. I agree with you and uh I love that you plug small ball because precisely, sir. That's yeah. well played. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all about that here. We're all about small ball. You know what else they did? But since we don't have that? to actually consider the length of the season quite as heavily as we usually do, they've canceled the All Star mm-hmm. Game. Yeah, they did that. So we're recording Friday, yeah, July third, and they did that today. And yep. um, I, I saw that. Yeah, I, I saw the notification. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so they didn't do that already super duh (laughs) yeah like right the conversation i thought of like that i imagined going i was like hey rob what are we gonna do the all-star game oh that oh um (laughs) well cancel it okay (laughs) okay well la has it what do you want to do about that who has it in 2022 nobody yet Uh, give it to them give it okay give it to la anything else I don't think so. All right, Rob. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, boss. <laughs> that's heavily that's air quoted. Heavily <laughs> air quoted. Thanks, boss. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back to work. Whatever. But no. Yeah. That that seemed pretty obvious to me. I was not counting on an All Star game. Like as soon as they weren't weren't playing in May, it's like yeah. there's not going to be an All Star game. Let's be real. So. Yeah, I agree with you, bro. And I. But. I think, but what I think that will do is it will, it will, it will create more urgency. It will create more of this dynamic level of, of anxiety in the gameplay, mm-hmm. in the season schedule. And we won't have a break to look forward to. And there won't be this midpoint where we get to say, all right, okay, now let's take it seriously or whatever. Right. Cause some well, people I mean, do the that. Point is the midpoint is like just before Labor Day. Right. That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's like there's there's your break. Yeah, Labor Day. I mean, I know the players are playing still, but Please. for fans, like you get to Labor Day. Labor Day, where are you? You know, there will you... be no breaks in the fandom. None. No. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. But right. No, I'm excited so. for. I'm glad. I am glad they canceled the Ars- the All Star break. Honestly, I could kind of do without it unless they brought in more events, but. That's a different right. We've talked day. about this, yeah. We'll, yeah, and we'll bring yeah. it up again next year. I'm sure <laughs> we will bring it up. I'm sure we'll bring it up every year at the All Star break until they <laughs> fix it. Exactly. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, but anyways, so you've got you've got Major League Baseball coming back. You got guys reporting to camp, but some guys are not. Um, right. That's part of that's part of the agreement this year is that if guys don't feel safe, they don't feel like they can risk going out there with coronavirus they don't have to yeah and you know they're not getting paid they understand that but they're also not going to be penalized for it contractually um you know nobody's ever really truly guaranteed a roster spot right right so it's not like it's like you're risking losing a roster spot anymore by not showing up than you would be by showing up you know technically that's true yeah yeah like i feel like so i've got a list here like uh, Ryan Zimmerman for the yeah, Nats. Sure. You know, he's he's not going to lose a roster spot by not showing up. If anything, the only thing the guy behind him can do is maybe hurt his hurt his chances of coming back next year. Like, well, he sure isn't Zim, is he? Right. Or we could use that guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but we've got a whole we've got a whole list. Mike Leak of the D-backs, he's the first guy to opt out. And then you've got Joe Ross and Ryan Zimmerman. With the Nats, you got Ian Desmond with the Rockies, yeah. who was actually pretty vocal about his opting out. He had a, a laundry list of reasons, and I don't fault him for any of that. No, me neither. Um, one of the, um, I'll co- I'll come back to that in just a minute. But then you've got Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. Both have babies on the way, and neither one of them is entirely sure. Well, Mike Trout said he's playing it by ear, and Harper is just undecided. He says he feels safe in the stadium, but he's he's not sure just because of his wife and kids. Okay, now hold on. I heard this afternoon, Friday the third, this afternoon. That Mike Trout had finalized his decision. He, had, uh, he did? Okay. Yeah. Because I saw a headline about the same time that said that he was playing by ear, but yours may have come after. Yeah. So. I don't know. I But I it, the way it read was pretty unequivocal. Yeah. So. Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen an update yet. We'll see. But we'll if see. If that's what you saw, then I'm going to go with that. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens by Monday. Maybe we'll put an update on the uh, Well, and they still have a the chance. They, you know, they, I mean. They do. So. Yeah. But but I don't fault those guys at all. No, I don't either. Like, with with their wives with babies on the way? Absolutely. For sure. Yep. You know, don't, don't play. And Ian Desmond, like I said, one thing that he said is he's like, I need to be with my family right now. And my wife says all the time that that's one thing that she feels like this pandemic has done is helped everybody realize what's important. Yeah. You know, that, that the most important thing, regardless of what you're doing during the day at work, it's people are finding out it's their families. You yeah. know, and I, I know the divorce rate went way up at the beginning of the pandemic. But it's at the same still time, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anybody, anybody who is staying home is, I, I feel like getting a new appreciation for their family. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you and I so, are, so I yeah, can, you and I have experienced that on a very personal level. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, so I can't fault Ian Desmond one bit for that. Um, no. I good on those guys for having their priorities straight. But on the other hand, I don't fault anybody else for playing because they get to go play baseball. Yeah. They make a lot of money doing it. So yes, that's cool. 
I so love it. Either way, I respect everybody's decision either way. Good for them. I do too. All right. Last thing we have going, speaking of everything going on in the world, there's been some uh there's been a lot of attention drawn lately to uh to civil rights and I know in the NFL every year about this time the Washington Redskins name comes up. Well, the Cleveland Indians are getting ready to address their team name. Right. They're they're saying that they're going to make some serious considerations about changing their team name, and I, and I don't know that this has been brought up. I know they got rid of Chief Wahoo. They did recently, yeah. But I don't. I didn't know. I had never heard anything about their team name. Yeah, I didn't either. Changed. I hadn't heard that. So I think I think that's cool. That's cool if that's what they want to do yeah. and that's what they feel is right. Go for it. Yeah. But what I want to know, Brig, is what should they change the name to? Yeah. So that's a good question because. When I saw this, I thought, well, what are you going to pose it to your fan base like they do in minor league baseball? They they could. Yeah, they could have their fans vote on it. I mean, that's how – I think that's how the Mariners – or no, the Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks got their team. Is that that true? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's true. I know that that that's very, very common in minor league. That's very common Mm -hmm. in, in, you know, the college summer league. It's very common in independent ball Mm -hmm. and – yeah, you know, so could. so it could it could happen, and maybe they mm-hmm. open it up and go, "Wow, these are terrible," and then they <laughs> they have a short list of their own, you know, and they see how many uh-huh. how many times those are validated with, with you know fan participation that that could happen, yeah. but you know it's Cleveland, mm-hmm. bro. You know there's they are gonna have to nod music in some way. That's gonna be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, is gonna be a part I of it. Of that. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a travesty that they're going to have to go that way. I think that's not the direction I would endorse going, but I do I don't see them thinking any any other way about it. Mm-hmm. Especially look, and here's part of why I feel that way because when we did the All Star Game last year in Cleveland, man, guitars were everywhere. It was on the side of the ball caps, right? Everything yeah. was about rock and roll. And and that was mm-hmm. that was a that was a neat overtone. I thought that was a, a kind of an interesting theme, but I didn't mm-hmm. love it uh, all the way. You know, I I hope they don't think that w- that that's the way they should go. It, that would feel very independent, very minor league to me. Yeah, if they went that direction. Yes, I think quite honestly, just go back to the Cleveland Spiders. You know yeah. they were the they were the Cleveland Spiders until they took on the name the Indians in 1915. Yeah, I think just go back to the Spiders. You can do so much with that. I know um, back in Idaho when I drive to work a certain way, I drive past this company uh, that had a, a spider as their logo. Yeah, I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to plug them. I don't know what they do. Sure. Um, yeah, but it was a really cool spider. It looked very much like the Spider Man logo. Yeah, and it was super cool. I was like, dang, I'd, whatever that is, I'd wear that. Mm-hmm. So. I know. I mean, I feel like nowadays with the way graphic design is, you could be the spiders and have a really cool logo and maybe, I don't know, throw some money at Disney or Sony, whoever, and get Spider-Man as your mascot. Whoa. That'd be pretty cool. Wow. But that's a lot of money to be. Yeah, (laughs) that is. So I just did a little bit of a search. Uh, The Negro Leagues and the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum has been on my mind a lot lately. And Uh I, I decided to look, you know, what was the Negro Leagues baseball team and it was the cleveland browns actually 
Oh, that yeah, so, I think I remember that. Right? Yeah. And so the I mean, obviously not from like my life, but I remember seeing yeah, it. Yeah, well, you remember. <laughs> the, no, uh, the the other team that has been Cleveland's other team name has been was the Buckeyes. Now, I don't think they can go that way either. Mm-hmm. So now I thought it would be maybe easy to just reach back into the past, but I I doubt that they'll ha- have the chance to go either of those directions. That's a little too bad. I think they could go uh, Buckeyes just because, I mean, how many Cougars and Wildcats are there in college sports? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I, I think they technically could. I don't think Ohio's sorry, the Ohio State has Way to go. sole nice. ownership of that. Yeah, that was <laughs> – You got to make sure you get, get it, it right. Get it right, bro. Um, <laughs> but – so I think they could technically use that if they wanted to. I don't know that they would. I don't think they will. Yeah, um, they wouldn't do that. But yeah, so I've been th- yeah maybe maybe dip back into and probably like it like, not the Browns I don't know I don't know either Bulldogs, but the, know. you know the Negro Leagues had a bunch of really great names I think of the Kansas City Monarchs and I think wow yeah. can you imagine the Cleveland Monarchs now that's That'd it's got sweet. a ring to it I don't want to appropriate Cl- Kansas City's history for Cleveland but you know something mm-hmm. along those lines just as a suggestion um, I think you could go that way and. I got one okay. for you. Yeah, you what's your opinion? The Cleveland Dinos. Whoa. Okay. Nah. Uh, uh, All right. I mean, with the popularity of NC Dinos right now. Yeah. Yes. It could pick up, get some traction. Anybody who doesn't know a whole lot about it, maybe caught a little bit of uh, KBO, might be like, oh, there's a Dinos? I mean. You could tie it in. Maybe. Would yeah. that necessitate a, a color scheme change? See, that's. That's next level implication here. Are we going to keep the red and blue? That is. You can keep the red and blue because you've got the Toronto Raptors of the NBA and they are they're black and red. Yeah. I could see navy and red dinos. Yeah. That would be I could see that. That'd be pretty sweet. I'm just thinking like of all the things, if you're going to change the name, does that not necessitate or or bring about the conversation of having a, a full-blown rebranding? You could, you could, because again, you know, another NBA thing, the Washington Bullets changed to the Washington yeah. Wizards and completely changed everything for a number of years. Went from, uh, I think, red and black and white, I believe, or red, white, and blue. I can't remember, to like gold and yeah, gold blue and blue or something for a yeah, while. That's right. So it, it could, could end up happening. So I, ju- I just think it'll be interesting right. to watch. And if you don't have an aversion to Chief Wahoo, or what you know if you if you love the script eye that they've got going on right now you might want to run out and buy yourself a hat right right quick yeah or or whatever jersey and who knows if if the navy blue and red goes the way of the world you might want to pick up that sea hat if you like that's right because it is simple it is simple but it's i think it's sharp i'm glad you feel that way you're not alone you're just alone here (laughs) (laughs) and that's just fine (laughs) listen speaking of the kbo KBO, (laughs) let's take a short break and when we get back we're going to give you a little kbo update (laughs) no matter which ballpark you're at you want to rep your team now you can with nine plus us welcome to the big city series with every design available in your team's colors you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road either way we have the colors you crave shop the big city series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast 
moisture from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. Before we move on to why we're actually here tonight. <laughs> just kidding. That's a tease. No, we <laughs> we want to talk to you about KBO. Very briefly, very quickly, um, I feel like we are at a point in the season with KBO and we're all new enough to the KBO that I had to go back and remind myself some of the parameters surrounding the KBO season. How long is it? Where are we in the season? Mm-hmm etc. So the season in KBO is 144 games long. We have now played like 45 of them, 48, whatever it is. Um, um, there 50. are 95 games left in the season. Let's say that. Yeah. 95 games left in the season. The um, NC dinos are leading the charge. That's baby. right, baby. Go dinos. So we've been watching KBO, but it's just it's kind of become what we do mm-hmm. and that's okay that's what baseball is right yeah. so <laughs> but i just i sat there tonight like well okay so they've the nc dinos are leading the league 34 wins they've got 15 losses as of tonight it's july 3rd eastern time 16 losses and, as uh, of tonight I, i've got i think i've gotten well, 16 one. you're right they you're right. They just lost tonight again. And didn't they get a whooping tonight? Yeah, they got a whooping tonight. Uh, it was uh, – I had it pulled up. Let me see if I can find it again. It was like 8-2, to two, six, something eight like that. 8-2? 9-2. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, not mm-hmm. not a good showing for the Dinos. That's but okay. tomorrow's another day. That's so. right. That's right. In fact, it's the most normal baseball that we're able to access at this point in our lives mm-hmm. together here. Yep. And it's <laughs> – we're really enjoying it, but we, um, yeah, like I said, I just needed to know, like, okay, now how far into it are we? Mm-hmm. It's not as intuitive for us yet as it is uh, with with an MLB season, yeah. which is not going to be intuitive this year either, so it's all kind of well, up in the air. Yes and no, like I said, because the season's going to end still the end. Like, the regular season will still end the end of September. So That's true. the ending is still as scheduled at, like, normal, but... Yeah, the beginning is going to feel weird. Like, at what point are we going to get to, like, okay, this is the beginning of the season, now we're at the middle, and then we're at the end. It's going to be, like, beginning, middle, end. All like that. But Yeah. And yeah. It, it's been and nice. They're playing almost every day. Yeah. It, it's, it's been nice, honestly, to have the KBO season that does have that little bit slower pace to it. Yep. Um, as much fun as we said that, you know, MLB is going to be, it's, it's going to be, it, you're going to be out of breath by the time it's done. <laughs> Well, and I know we're not all sitting up watching KBO every day, and I know yeah. we're not all able to catch the reruns the next day. Mm-hmm. I got it. I don't catch them all all the time either. I typically but, and see like I've got a benefit. Like I'm working from home, and yeah. my TV is like eight feet from me. I just flip on. Right. I just I flip on the Xbox. I go to the ESPN app and and I watch. I, I flip on a game like the game from the night before on demand. Like that's what I do in the afternoons when I work. So I, I feel like Brilliant. I've got it pretty good as far as that goes. So yeah, I, I get to watch good. KBO just about every day. But yeah, and I no. see I'm I got a lot going on. So yeah, I get that. I don't always. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not alone in that. A lot of other people, a lot of uh-huh. the listeners and viewers, they got a lot going on too. So yep. so for those of you out there like me who are a little bit lost in the sauce on the KBO, it's okay. Don't feel bad. Yeah. Um. It, it it but it is. 
it is going to be an interesting contrast now that we have a very, very truncated MLB season. Mm-hmm. And we get to contrast and compare that with the KBO season that is a much more stream or a uh, long and drawn out season, which is more what we're used to. So right. we'll get a chance to evaluate the two at the end of this season and see which one we like better, which format was more appealing, mm-hmm. provided more, you know, whatever provided so yeah i'm kind of excited about that actually well and i'm i'm curious to see how the playoffs work out because i feel like their playoff format is really very interesting um you know we highlighted it at the beginning but if i remember right it's like it's like the top six teams make it yeah so yeah so the yeah and and the way it works is team six and plays team five and then team five plays teams four team four plays teams Team three, why am I putting S at the end of these? Team <laughs> three plays team two, and then team one hasn't played at all through the playoffs until it's time. Yeah, it's it's a ladder format, yeah. So six plays yeah. five, and then the winner plays on to play four, yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's I've never seen, quite honestly, anything like it except for playing video games. And by video games, right. I mean fighting games because that's how those work. But Mortal Kombat is yeah, a great example. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a Mortal Kombat <laughs> tournament because you've got, right. you got the boss waiting at the top and you've got to work that's your right. way up. So, yeah. The so. rusty boss, right? Yes. So let's yeah, be that's honest, what it's going to be. Yeah. I yeah. would almost rather be the second or third seeded team. I think I said that at the beginning because yeah. you're going to, you're not having as much of a layoff and then you still have some. I don't know. That's just me. Whatever. So the only other thing we should talk about with, uh, you know, regard to KBO is that Addison Russell is now playing for the Kiwoom Heroes. Yes. And yeah. and and that is relevant for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he was non-tendered by the Cubs. So, you know, after his suspension and everything, all the, all the stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited that Addy's going to get a chance to start this redemptive path. Yeah, and, and I think the K- the KBO is going to provide him with a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful culture, in, in immersed in a, a a wonderful larger culture of South Korea, to to maybe get himself get himself right. You know, we we talked about other players in the past who've entered this environment and have come out saying that they feel like better people, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe. You know, this could be the greatest thing ever for him. I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah. I, I, I hate to put that on anybody. I hate to extrapolate that hard, I guess, is the best way to put it. But honestly, you know, he's he's faced some very serious crisis in his life. And a cleansing opportunity like this, if I may be so bold, is a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the, the other thing that's important to understand is that. Anybody out there who might be an Addison Russell fan still, um, you're not going to see him in, in MLB at all this year. Like, right. not just because he's not on a in a 60 man player pool. Um, it's because they're, you know, I, I was watching. Okay, so this I got to explain this, and then I can explain that. So I was watching Trevor Bauer and his agent Rachel Luba talk about this before. The yeah. MLB is like the only organization in the country that's exempt from antitrust laws. Yeah. Yes. And what that means is that if you're under contract with MLB, you cannot go play anywhere else. Like, if there's right. a strike, you cannot go. The NBA, they say, like, 
when they were locked out a few years ago, they could have gone and, and played in Europe. I think some a few guys did, you know. Totally. And yeah. then NFL could do that too. They could go play whatever. Uh, Ocho Cinco went and played. I guess that doesn't. That's not the same. But anyways, they could go play somewhere else. Yeah, MLB, I know what you, mean, you cannot yeah. do that. You cannot do that with MLB. So he's not gonna be seen in MLB this year for a number of reasons. But like you said, this is kind of a path of redemption for him, and this is the first step. And I think it's a good first step, good first way. To I go. do too. I do too. So. And just like I said, I mean, I could beat this horse this horse all day long, but yeah, could not possibly be a better culture to mm-hmm. to find yourself in. You know. Yep. So I hope he I hope he embraces it, and I hope that he becomes the person he wants to become, whatever that means. Yep. So, um, now he was a replacement. Tell us about this, Brad, because you have a little bit of a better line on this than I do. I do. So, so you said, like you said, he he was signed on to the Keywoman Heroes, and he is actually replacing another American because KBO rules you can only have three foreign-born players. Correct. Okay. So he's actually replacing Taylor Motter. If anybody yeah. remembers Taylor Motter, he came up with the Rays and then he got traded to the Mariners. The Mariners ended up uh, waiving him in 2018. Then he went to the Twins for just a little bit, kind of cup of coffee, you could say. Yeah. So right. I specifically remember Taylor Motter because when he because when he came up, talk about a flash in the pan. The guy was lightning for like two months. It was very very good. And that was in uh, that was in 2017 when he came up with the Mariners and he was he had that really good stint. But 2018, the reason they waived him was because he was not good at all. Yeah. The last time I saw Taylor Motter, he grounded out to shortstop, second base, whatever, like just a s- slow roller, grounded out, went back to the dugout, put his head in his hands, and you could tell it was just like that was it, it was done. Yeah, that the Mariners had told him that was it with them. So then. I saw him a little bit with the Twins, and then I saw him resurface with the Key Room Heroes, and I was like, hey, that's awesome. Good for him. Getting another chance. But, man, the poor guy <laughs> continues to fall. He got cut by the Key Room Heroes. Yep. And that's who Addison Russell is replacing. That you know, that, That's one thing that I've, I've heard watching and listening to the KBO is they say, if, you don't, if you're not cutting it, you're, you're done, especially you're a foreign-born player because there are other guys who they can replace you with. So you don't well, get much of a hang, chance, and they hang their hats on their foreign-born players a oh, lot. Oh, for sure, yeah. If if a guy like Taylor Motter comes in, who you know washed out of the MLB, and then he's coming in as supposed to be the leader and the big guy, and he's batting a buck fifty, he's not going to get more than two weeks. He didn't get more than two or three weeks to yeah. pull out of whatever slump it was. They cut him and they brought in Addison Russell. And so yeah. hopefully for Addison Russell, he he is able to step in and take control. And you know it doesn't help that the Kiwom Heroes are not a good team. No. Um, oh, no, sorry. I was thinking Hanwha. Kiwom is good. Kiwom is yeah, very good. I was going to say, they're great. <laughs> they're only they're great. back of the dinos. <laughs> they're great. It's, yeah. Yeah, but anyways. no. It, it's actually, that's that's part of why it makes it such a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, no, sorry. I mixed up uh, the Hanwha Eagles and the Kiwom Heroes. and they. That's uh, okay. Yeah. So it's okay, it's but all yeah, new. I mean, if everybody else is playing and then you got a foreign-born player who's not, that's all the more reason. Yeah, so you got to fill that hole. So I hope you all are having fun with the the KBO as much fun as we are, and we're going to mm-hmm. take another short break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to jump into junior. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out 
to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me root. Root, root for the whole day. Don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Shop kids' baseball shirts at 9plusss.com. Welcome back, baseball family. I got to tell you, I'm super excited to talk about this documentary from MLB Network. Um, because, okay, first it's, it's called junior, obviously about Ken Griffey jr. Um, my hero, my idol growing up, like mm-hmm. I saw this coming out and I was like, when, where, tell me when and where. And then of course, you know, it's not on demand. So, well, whatever. yeah, but then but, you got to see it early and then you begged me to watch it. So, <laughs> well, I found it on YouTube. I was, cru- I was cruising YouTube yeah. today and I came across, and I was like, Oh, snap. And then I immediately I pushed it to watch it, and then I copied the link and sent it off to you. Yeah, you did. So I was like, I was like "Where do I now. find it?" So, <laughs> so and before I got it. my response out, it was there in my inbox. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> yep. Hey, I got your back with things like this. You got it. You got it and so hard. I'm gonna put the the link to the video to the doc on on YouTube is gonna be in the doobly doo as well. So you can go watch it yes. because it's amazing. It was so stinking good. Man. And man, like and there were no commercials on this version. That's right. So oh, it was an fabulous. Hour and eight minutes. Yep. It's it's a good watch. So Brig, yeah. you were gonna tell me something in the break, but then you stopped. Yeah. What was you gonna tell me about this? Let's let's start with that. Well, I will begin by telling you that first, first I will tell you I grew up really falling in love with baseball in the 90s and yeah and you cannot separate griffey you cannot separate junior from the 90s right that's true obviously yep. but but every kid in america knows the kid everybody mm-hmm. does every kid in america yep. felt like the kid true and so story. i was watching yeah. here's what i wanted to tell you i was watching and you you had mentioned that you know, you had to turn off the fan because you kept getting goosebumps. Yeah, it was freezing. Yeah. Goosebumps, yeah. I was watching this, and every, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes out of this hour and eight-minute long documentary, mm-hmm. I, was watch- I wasn't I was alone. I was watching with friends, and uh, they'd say, holy cow, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to cry. <laughs> 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 I'm about to cry. Just keep it together. Now, yeah. now obviously, you know, anyway – there's a lot. There's a lot going on there, but the point is, it was that good, and I and those was, yeah. those memories are that close still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and especially for me, like as a Mariners fan, yeah. as a specifically as a Griffey fan, like and not just a, like you know, I know there are certain people who are Mariners fans because of Griffey, but I was a Mariners like born a Mariners fan. Yes, right. Yep, you were. Like I had. Uh, I had, I think I had a Buner pennant on my wall. I think I might have had an Alvin Davis one or something like that on my wall yeah. when I was young because my dad was a Mariners fan, so I became one. But like you were talking about, every kid wanted to be 
Ken Griffey Jr. Like I was talking with Kyle about how I was playing a pickup baseball game with the neighborhood kids. Yeah. When I was like 10 or 11, I convinced them to flip the field so I could hit home runs off <laughs> them and watch them sail over the fence. Yeah, you know? that's right. Who didn't want to do that? But, <clears throat> but no, like watching the story of from the beginning, you know, that his dad was like not sure how good he was because he was never around. And that was one thing that, that Griffey talked about is that he's like, you know, it was, it was pretty cool that your dad played baseball, but he was never there. Yeah. You know, but he's like, I go to my little game, little league games on Saturday. Everybody else's dad's there. And my dad's gone because he's working. Cause he's in New York. Oh man. Yeah. Well, Whatever. It's, it's you know what I mean? To think about, cause I was, I was talking to my wife about this. She's like, that's, she's like, it's so weird to think about that. It's not something you normally think about that. Your dad can't beat his little league games, even though he's big into baseball. Like baseball is his thing, but he's not at your game because he's at his game. That's right. <laughs> well, and you can't <laughs> fault it's, it's the guy. You, don't think about. you can't fault the guy yeah. on so many levels. He's making a living. He's yeah. he's doing what he loves to do, and yeah. and so but and you got the feeling that Junior felt that way. He could say, he said, "I was mm-hmm. angry in the past, you know, and I struggled with it, but I got it." Right. Like eventually yeah. I found it and and his own fatherhood yeah. ca- came to light later in the documentary. And we should talk about that later. But yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how that all came full circle for for Junior. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's absolutely that's absolutely right. But I loved, 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 obviously, the parts in the 90s, because like you said, you can't separate 90s baseball from Ken Griffin no Jr., way. which is so funny because it was 1993. Three, I think when they said when the Mariners clinched their first winning record, yeah. like, and it was because of yeah, him, it is you know that he was like the driving force behind the Mariners winning, like their first winning season. It was nineteen ninety. I want to double check that because I want to. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the year. Well, why you're it was uh, listen why you're looking at ahead. that. Let's just let's just go ahead and and start at the beginning. He was the number one pick overall. Mm-hmm. Now that's amazing. Now and on top of that, how many number one picks have we seen completely burn out and fail? Oh, it happens all the constantly. time. Constantly happens all the time. And not only was he the number one pick, like you see the number one pick come out of college, you see the number one pick come out of high school. He was he was 17, only seventeen when he picked him. Seventeen years old. I know. Like, geez. and then he lived up to you know, every I'm, ounce of that hype. Yes, shocking. Yes. It is, and. So ninety three, the Mariners went eighty two and eighty. That's their first winning. Uh, ninety one, sorry, ninety one. They went okay. eighty three and seventy nine. That was his second year in the league, right? Sorry, third year because he came up in eighty nine. Okay, yeah, that's right. Eighty nine. Going back to eighty nine real quick, they, the Mariners called called his agent. I can't think of what his name is. Hot off my head. Riz Riz uh, said anyway, whatever his name is. Anyway, is like. I don't. We don't want to give you the wrong impression, but we just want to see how he does with the big yeah. guys. Bring him like, to camp. If, how he can. Have, yeah, yeah. They're going to bring him to big league <laughs> camp, and and by the time they're done, like, well, we can't send him to AAA. <laughs> He's too good for that. <laughs> so he made the opening day roster as a starting center fielder. Years old 19... when they didn't. Yeah, when they didn't want him after to. two years and in he... the minors. Yeah, that's yeah. astonishing. Never. And they mentioned it later after he broke his wrist. He had three at bats in Tacoma, is what yeah. he said. He's like, I had three three at bats in Tacoma, right. and I was like, I'm never going back there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's so wasn't going to have it. It's because it wasn't yeah, right. It, it wasn't what he needed. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah, exactly. Yep. So his first swing sure. after two years in the minor leagues, his first swing in Seattle, first swing in the King Dome, he goes yard. Mm-hmm. Not his first. Of course he did. Not just his first at bat, but I mean his first swing. Mm-hmm. He goes yard, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, hold on. 19 years old. Well, and the thing that's funny about that is, like, that's just the way it was at the Kingdom, too. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it was it was a dome, so it's a little bit smaller. But still, like, you still got to be able to get it out of it. It wasn't that much smaller. No. Like, down the lines, it was, like, I want to say, like, 315. Yeah, it wasn't that but bad. But they had the big wall on right. But it was still, I don't want to say four or five. It was seven, totally but, respectable. But still, the fact, yeah, absolutely. I'm not taking anything away, obviously. Sure. But still, first swing, last swing in the kingdom, yes. home runs. Yes, amazing, amazing. And and uh, I love that they showed that, uh, like like the clips from that last game of the kingdom, because I faked the guy was sick that day, so I could stay home from church and watch. That game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my man. Yeah, like I remember, my, I remember my family came home from church. I'm watching the game. It was like in the seventh inning. And they're like, you're not sick. Well, sorry. okay. Oh, you got me. But you want to sit down oh, and watch this? <laughs> it's a great game, man. You want to yeah, watch? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a that is a true fact. That's true a true fact. Yeah. But so, <laughs> so they go over to Safeco and, you know, Hold things don't really go well. But it is, it is the house that Griffey built. It is and always will that's be the right. house that Griffey built. You know? Which is amazing because baseball was like dead in Seattle, and they, not only did he save it, but he built a brand new stadium. Like he had a brand new stadium built because of the revenue that he That's brought right. in, and it's still a beautiful, fantastic ballpark. I mean, you rave about it constantly. Been, I do, and it's been twenty years, and I can't believe it's been that long. It's okay. Well, we should go, but we let's should plan go. a trip. Absolutely, we need to. let's plan a trip. Okay, next year, let's okay. go. Next year, okay. All right. I'm down. Let's do it. Look, if you save okay. your money, me too. If we save, <laughs> if we save our money starting now, we can make it there by next year. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. We'll, we'll right. get there. You know, if that's if there's fans in the stadiums next year. But anyways, so and for me, like, so th- I I don't remember if I shared this or not, but at Safeco they have that center field yeah. porch. And this is this is like my favorite Griffey memory yeah. ever. I was out there with my dad. He had his camera, kind of snapping some pictures. And he would just kind of walk back and forth in center field, just kind of wander yeah. around. Which you know I get outfield can be boring, sure. But, but so he was he was walking back to our left, like towards right field, and my dad had his camera up, and I yelled, "Hey, Junior!" And he looked at me, and I kind I kind of waved a little bit because I was scared out of my mind because he actually <laughs> looked at me, and he threw up with his left hand, threw me up a peace sign. Yeah, I was like, I can die yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was such a yeah. huge moment for me and you know obviously you know what 20 years later 19 20 years later i haven't forgotten it because it was amazing right. absolutely amazing yeah. but but anyways so into the documentary you go you get into the story about the trade okay the trade from seattle to cincinnati and as i'm not just like i said not just a griffey fan but a mariners fan that was like See, I wanted to ask you about that because they shared the opinions of a number of people in the documentary, Mm -hmm. and they they did their best to kind of highlight what that was, but I've I've been very curious about your opinion. Mm -hmm. I was mad for a long time. I wondered. Like, 
I mean, it was like they said it happened February 10th of 2000. I turned 14 four days later. Yeah. It's like happy freaking birthday, wow. man. Yeah. You know? So I, was, I wasn't happy about it at all. I was mad for a long time. And then, you know, spring training rolls around, and I'm kind of coming around like, okay, baseball is back. Let's see what the Mariners do. And then, you know, it helped. Honestly, it helped that Mike Cameron, who came over in that yeah. trade, was so damn yeah. good. Because he was really good. The dude could hit. The dude could play the play center field. Like it's like okay, that's cool. But really, what the big turning point for me was was I was sitting in front of my TV on opening day, and I watched I watched the Reds because they were on ESPN that day. I made it a point to watch the Reds sure. game, of course. And and you know Griffey walked up for his first at bat, and I was like, damn it, if he doesn't look good in red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <So> that's right. <laughs> that kind of helped, and I was like, "That's cool." And I, you know, and it kind of came came along. You know, I was like, "I, I know his dad played for the Big Red Machine, so he's kind of he's going home, right. whatever." You know, but in the documentary, like you said, that he came around to, you know, like his, his dad's responsibility of playing, and then also him being a parent. That's really what that was. Was that his agent said the last six weeks of the nineteen ninety nine season, he was miserable. Yeah, miserable. He was not happy at yeah. all, and. And they said, what do we need to do? He said, just work on trading me to Cincinnati. Which was- Not trading me. Just to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. To Cincinnati specifically. And I do remember that. that he requested he being really traded did. to Cincinnati. At the time, I was like. Like, what? At the time, I was like, <laughs> I get Cincinnati, you know, like I said, because his dad is there. But, like, still, like, Cincinnati yeah, stinks. right. They did. And they so did. Seattle, and they continue but- to stink. <laughs> yeah, they stunk the whole time right. he was there. But now we have the whole story, seeing, though, like actually. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I understood like the going home thing. So my mom said he, he's going home. He's yeah. just going home. And and then hearing him say, though, that it was because he wanted to be a parent. He wanted to be around more and he wanted his kids to be around family because they had family in Cincinnati and everything. I was like, I cannot ever fault anybody for that, especially as a dad myself. That's right. And now you have this new so. perspective. Yep, for sure. Yep. So, no, I I totally agree. I was. I was watching the documentary with a friend of mine, like I said. Her name's Channing, and mm-hmm. uh, she's come up from Florida with her husband to see to 4th of July with us. Anyway, the point is, she's sitting there doing her crochet thing while we're watching this documentary. We are going to watch Letterkenny. But anyway, that's when you were <laughs> – you, you said, do you have time to watch Junior? I'm like, yep, I actually, I do. So <laughs> we switched it <laughs> – we switched it from i hadn't finished the series yet that's fine we finished or we we switched it over to junior and we started watching it and she said to me she's not a huge baseball person at all really she's just in fact with Uh our friendship i think she's getting her and her husband are getting more and more involved in baseball but she said to me i'm and i wrote this down she said that his infectious smile was was just intoxicating she used the word infectious and she said that just watching this documentary i can tell that junior is such a good person that ken griffey jr loves Mm -hmm. this game and it it you know and i just i was like look this person my friend is not a baseball person and is watching this documentary about junior and is catching the vibe is feeling the fire Mm -hmm. and that that's what it does so one of the things that i told uh channing was that it's it's very odd but that one thing in baseball that one factor where you can look at a person 
playing the game on television with all the filters and all the pageantry and everything that's going on, and they got their game face on, you can tell that they are having pure joy or not. You can tell mm. that they are a down-to-earth, love-of-the-game ball player or not. And I said, it, isn't it interesting that baseball's greatest heroes and most toxic villains hinge on that one bullet point? Mm-hmm. That single thing. And she said, no way. Are you serious? And I said, yeah. Throughout all of baseball history. And Junior is, I think, for me, the bastion. He's the champion of this down-to-earth, pure mm-hmm. joy baseball player. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Like, there were two things that I learned from Junior playing baseball. Like, one, have fun because yeah. it's a stinking game. Right. And two, if you're going to play, play hard. And that was kind of one of the things that they kind of glossed over the Cincinnati years just because they, he was plagued with injuries the entire time. And one of the things that the doctor said was he played really, really, really hard in Seattle. His body took a punishment. He had a couple injuries. But that's going to take a toll on your body as you yeah. get in your 30s. And that's exactly where he was. He was into his 30s as by the time he got to Cincinnati. And that's why his body started to break down. Because it, it couldn't take the punishment of him wanting to run nine, even 90, 95% in yeah. his 30s. Yeah. You know? Around the bases. And chasing down fly balls in the outfield and diving. You saw one play where he dove and he dislocated his shoulder. Because he's getting to be older. I mean, I can't imagine as a... I'm 34. Right. I can't imagine diving no, for a seriously. ball now. When I was 25, I was playing. When I was 25, I was playing weekend softball, and I dove behind second base on the dirt, caught the ball, popped up my arms like it was like diving on gravel. My arms were all cut up and bloody, but I was like, "Dude, I made the catch. Yeah. Let's go hit." You know, <laughs> I can't imagine doing that no, at 34 no, no. now, because because my body would break, and that's just what happens when people it's true. get older. But but yeah, that's that's the thing is just. Play, play to have fun and play hard, and those, those I feel like were the the big things that you, that you took away from Junior. That, like you said, that yeah. smile was infectious. Everybody loved it. That was part of the reason that, I mean, companies were flocking to him for endorsements and for yeah endorsements. He's the first baseball player to have yeah. a signature shoe. I remember specifically. I mean, I mentioned earlier about Ken Griffey Junior. Baseball. I got way behind and I stopped playing, him, but. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball, he's on the cover with that great big smile. I remember specifically there was a Pepsi commercial where it says, what a 95-mile-an-hour fastball looks like to Ken Griffey Jr. And it's like it, like, slows way down. <laughs> and and he's like, did I lock my car? You know, it's like thinking about all this yeah, other stuff. I, I and then that. he looks over, and Sammy Sosa's in the dugout, and he goes, what's Sammy doing reaching for my Pepsi? And he fouls the ball off, and it, it hits the yeah. back of the dugout, like right next to Sammy Sosa. And speaking of another guy who had an infectious true. smile, right? Absolutely right? true. Sammy Sosa with that smile, yeah, yeah. And so you know, and then and then Sammy Sosa looks up, looks up at him. He flashes that smile and wags his yeah, finger, and you know right. that was like pretty much the ad. Like these two guys, these billion dollar yeah. smiles, who never would ever be on the same team because Griffey was right. Still in yeah, for sure. Like, I was that that commercial was like twenty five <laughs> years ago, and that still bugs me. But but yeah, I mean, it's, everybody wanted to get a piece of that smile to to make money because it, it was totally is absolutely effective. So so okay, yeah. I gotta tell you, I know we talk about the '95 season, and it's my dark spot. I know, and yeah. you poke it all the time. It but is, I gotta yeah. I gotta 
because it's the only <laughs> thing I can support that dark spot. Well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to give you a bigger opening right now, okay? So, okay. growing up, I only knew the one side of that story. Really. I mean, I knew the one side of that story. It had been so many years since the Yankees mm-hmm. had made any headway. And um all, you know, we felt like the underdogs in the 90s, but the collective we, right? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but I never I never really spent time learning the storyline from Seattle's perspective until today. And I I sat there yeah. and I watched the setup and and the payoff with that that bunt, <laughs> that damn bunt, excuse me, mm-hmm. that bunt. Joey <laughs> Cora goes <laughs> up the first baseline and then skids out of the <laughs> Right off the base path, really off the base path, and oh, did he, so I've I've seen that so many times, and every time I'm like, his foot was on the I line know. when he dove for the base. He was he was still in the path, he just contorted path. his body just perfectly, and he was safe. Okay, I've watched it, I got it. He yeah. was safe, and good grief, that's a lot of effort, right? Anyway, so he ends up yeah. on third. Juniors, <laughs> juniors at first base. And this documentary did an amazing job of setting up this yeah. situation, of telling this story from the Seattle side that those of us who aren't familiar with that, you know, we didn't we didn't get a chance to see mm-hmm. it. So I loved it. I, I'm going to I want to confess yeah. to the, all the world that I'm watching this documentary Yankees fan. I'm talking diehard Yankees fan. And uh, and I'm watching this documentary like, yeah, he he scored all the way from first. And well, and and I don't want to give it away, but he, the way Junior specifically sets it up, talking about what he knows yeah. about the field, oh. like the makeup of the field and and like his mental approach yeah. to leading off is like, dude, to segment to that segment the game. Stuff to that fine a detail right like that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. to to be to pay attention to and and intimately familiar with that level of detail is crazy right Mm -hmm. that's what separates him that's what makes him the elite level player that he was forever and and then to do that without becoming calloused without becoming cold without becoming all about the money and staying grounded Mm-hmm. Dude, like I loved Griffey, I always have, but today, uh-huh. today it reached a new <laughs> level, and I didn't know it was possible. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, so I love this guy." <laughs> yeah, well, and and then you know, like I said, those the Cincinnati years were kind of like admiring from afar, you know, but then. The end of, gosh, what was it, 2019 season? Two, or yeah, sorry, 2009 oh season. When he got he got traded to uh, the White Sox. They didn't even cover that. And, <laughs> and be, No, they didn't, which I'm surprised because sure. they should have. Because it was it was an interesting it was an interesting thing that was sorry 2008 season he, at the trade deadline he got he got traded to the White Sox, and I thought that was strange yeah. first off. But I knew that he wasn't going to stay with the White Sox because it was the end of his contract, the end of the contract that he had signed or extension that he had signed when he after he got traded and everything. And then 
free agent after the 2008 season, and it's like, well, what are you going to do with a 39-year-old? I don't want to say washed up, but former yeah. superstar. What are you going to do? So yeah. he goes back to Seattle. And talk about the problem. Oh, talk coming about home. that. Holy no, smokes, man. Like, I was ecstatic yeah. when I found out that Griffey was coming back to Seattle. Like, that day I bought myself a, a jersey, and that was the beginning <laughs> of my jersey obsession. But that very day that he signed, I bought one. My buddy from T-Ball from elementary school and when I was in Washington the first time, he messaged me on Facebook. He's like, did you get your Griffey jersey? I was like, yeah, did you? Did you? He's like, yeah, I bought a home and away one. Right. Like, what else am I going to do? You yeah. Know? It's like, like, yeah, he's like, because we don't know, you know, is, is 2009 going to be the last the last season? Like, are we going to be able to buy these again? You know, and granted, they still sell them, but still, it's like, it's like, get it while you can because yeah, you need it now, you know, now so, is the time. Yeah. So that was, that was exciting where pretty much he spent the time as a DH. Um, and like a corner outfielder yes. because he's 39 years well, old. And he like, said, who cares? he said, but, I know my role and I won't spoil it. You got to go watch the documentary yeah. because it, he gets into what he yep. knew his role was. And that tells a whole lot about his character mm-hmm. as well. And, and that's one thing I feel like aging superstars have a hard time with is yeah. self-awareness of yeah. their role. And he played it. Not only did he know it, but he played it perfectly. Absolutely yeah. perfectly that last year and yeah. change in Seattle. Cup. So, go watch it. It's on YouTube. It's yeah. in the doobly-doo. Okay, I know it's Amazing. long, but I got I a couple it. things. I absolutely loved it. Okay, I have some saved rounds. So I had a conversation with one of the VIP members on the Facebook group today, and I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry. I should have looked it up. I feel so bad. (laughs) And also, uh, let me tell you that my video has now ended. I'm terribly sorry. (laughs) I ran out of space on my card, but I cannot stop being effusive about Junior. So I'm just going to keep going. The point is, I had a conversation today or uh, this week with a a member of the VIP group on Facebook about Albert Pujols. And we were talking um, on we were on the same page the whole time about how sad it is to watch Albert Pujols decline. Because he's 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 Mm -hmm. in his I mean, this dude is getting to the end of his days on a diamond. He just is. Yeah. And and we've seen it coming. We've watched it come. And. And the decline is painful. It just is. Um, for all of baseball, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you're a fan of. It doesn't matter. You and yeah, this that's is right. And Griffey was season. the same way. Ken Griffey Jr. was the same way. And I was I was remembering mm-hmm. the conversation about Albert Pujols while I was watching the documentary about Ken Griffey Jr. And I'm watching this. Here's the same story. Look, if you do it right, right. If you if there are no performance enhancers. Mm-hmm. If there, if you play the game clean, you play the game pure. There is going to be this steady or even precipitous decline, and it's ugly, mm-hmm. and it's painful, and it's it's lamentable. But you know what? The pain of the decline makes the makes the successes we've been through so much better, and it shows it proves. Yeah the purity of their craft and their art and their, their, their skill and which really becomes their legacy. 
So I think, you know, there's a lot of people wonder all the time about Ken Griffey Jr. and his performance enhancers. And I'm telling you right now, if he hadn't declined the way he did, maybe you could wonder. But with all those injuries and all those surgeries and still jumping back into the fray and putting everything he had on the line every day, he said he had a couple hamstring surgeries, at least one knee surgery, at least one shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. yeah, ankle, wrist, twice, etc. And I'm like, okay, look, I've had, me personally, I've had two shoulder surgeries, a spinal fusion, <laughs> and, and a second back surgery, and I would be no way. Right? Like, absolutely not. This dude yeah. listed yeah. off in the documentary yeah. this list of surgeries, and I'm thinking, dang, holy cow. So, yeah. Well, and, and you know, real quick, too, yeah, compared for Pujols sure. and Griffey, okay? Exact same, exact same career, uh, career That's exactly right. Go ahead, send it. So, so Griffey and Pujols, like, their stream of like their constant stream yeah. of being all-stars ended their last time they had like their perennial all-star naming yep. was their 30 year old season griffey was 2000 Pujols was 2010 Pujols, since he's gotten to the angels yep. was an all-star one time 2015 griffey was an all-star twice 2004 2007 in cincinnati like that is the perfect career career if i could speak career trajectory of a guy who played yeah. clean that's and right was a superstar in his prime that's the way it should be yep that is absolutely the way it should be so i used to have my doubts yeah. about pool holes just because he was so big yeah. like he started out as an outfielder then he moved to first base and he was huge but the more i've gotten familiar with him and the and the way his career so how many times because i agree I with you be, yeah. so back to griffey how many times was he an mvp don't look don't cheat brad yeah how many times oh has- griffey one time, one time, 1997. Ask a diehard fan a pop quiz question. Watch them get it right. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. So I had to look at. Well, he should have. He, he probably would have gotten right. it in 94 if it wasn't for the strike. Because he not only, like, they talk about this, too. It's like not only was he on the, on the path, but he was, like, on his way. The war path. Rutgers yes. Record that season. I know. Yeah. 40 home runs and Like, we needed like, one more reason no to be upset about the strike in 94, but we yeah. – it's fine. But I think it, it just it just <laughs> adds to his mystique and, and his notoriety, and I think we should yep. acknowledge it just briefly. But go watch that documentary because it is, it is yeah. goosebump worthy for sure. Yeah, real yep. good. Really, really good. Yeah, man. Listen, I know we went long today, but you loved it, and we loved it, and so we're all going to get over it and be happy. Listen, (laughs) don't forget to jump on the shop, okay? We are nineplusus.com, N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. For those of you listening, for those of you watching, we'll have a little link in the description and a video for how you navigate the shop. We've got new stuff coming out all the time on the shop. Though shipping times are delayed, production times are a little bit delayed due to COVID-19, we still can get you the stuff that you want at really great prices. And that's how you can keep us relevant. You can keep us supporting the podcast, supporting this show, um, and, and really supporting the causes 
that you care about. We've got our autism awareness line still going. We're still going to donate the money um, for every sale. Twenty percent of those go to you know uh, alter, uh, alternative baseball and alternative baseball. It's yeah. we're never going to stop doing that. So we have more causes we're going to support coming up. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show, whether you're on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms that you listen to. Give us a rating. Give us a review. That also keeps us uh, at the forefront of the list and makes us more relevant for you. And we want to make sure you catch us every time we come back. Mm-hmm. That's right. Tell your friends about us. Bring everybody come in to listen. You can... so. We talk about YouTube. I don't. This is not something we've told you guys that we've been doing. We clip up the episodes every week. Okay, so if you don't have lately, it's been an hour. If you don't have an hour to sit down, listen to the podcast, watch the podcast, whatever. Throughout the week, I'm clipping up the podcast episodes and we're putting up on you, putting them up on YouTube. So, like the junior section, that'll be its own clip later in the week that you can watch just by itself. The KBO update, that'll be its own clip that you can watch later in the week. So if you don't have time to sit down and watch the whole thing, you can watch each individual segment on YouTube at your leisure. And baseball family, don't forget to, like I said, like, subscribe, rate, review, and we will catch you next week.